Welcome to the Event Room, where event professionals from different backgrounds talk about the latest, most controversial, and interesting topics dominating the minds of the industry right now. This is a candid conversation, the likes of which can only otherwise be found late at night in host hotel lobby bars during industry conferences. So relax and drop in on what event pros really say when no one else is around. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event AV company that tells you how it really is. Now, let's brew something up. Welcome to another episode of Event Brew. It is Friday, June 5th, and I am here with my two favorite hosts that don't have cats. This is Dewey Deep with Free Agent. This is Nick Borelli, uh, I think about three weeks without a cat now uh, in uh, oh. Cleveland, Ohio. I oh. forgot about that, Nick. <laughs> No, no, I just wanted to make you feel bad for like a second. I'm <laughs> had 19 years to get. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and Tui opened us up with a joke about not having a cat. <laughs> no, I was making a joke about Will, and then I forgot that. You're like, oh, what's, uh, what's something we could? Uh, don't worry, I'm uh, I'm like not a super <gasps> sensitive person about that. That's I just wanted to make you feel awkward because it's funny. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm very sorry to hear about your cat. <laughs> of course, Thank you're really you. sorry. Uh, yeah. Great. Well, you can probably hear my dog barking in the background. That's my new, uh, some people have Zoom backgrounds. I have a dog barking in the background. So um, we're going to enjoy that. This is Dustin Westling with One West Events in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Yay. And what are we all drinking before we get into this hot topic? Nick. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, again, going with the recent theme of like this evening uh, recordings, or at least for me, evening on the East Coast, uh, I'm having a caffeine free beverage, uh, mm -hmm. which is something to be said for that. Um, uh, I think, um, you know, I mean, it's not it's not like healthy necessarily, but it's a Pennsylvanian Dutch uh, birch beer um, and uh, it's really good. I, I like uh I like birch beer a lot, actually. I have I have some uh, liquor uh, infused birch beers that are that are quite good too. Is birch beer like is birch beer like ginger beer? Uh, no, it's closer to a root beer, but it's like a different uh, uh, set of uh, things, essentially steeping uh, to make that. And it's like a it is like a Pennsylvanian thing. I grew up in Pennsylvania, uh, especially central Pennsylvania, when the Amish country. It's like a, a non alcoholic, uh, and there's an alcoholic version of it too. Um, soda so yeah well shit the more you know i guess trying to keep it weird that's i think the healthiest thing you've drank i did recording. have i did that liquid death uh flavor or the uh, liquid death water it, it sounds like it's the most aggressive thing and it's literally just a can of water um but yeah this is up there <laughs> dustin what are you drinking i'm drinking a nice cold beer it is friday afternoon here where i am and the week is over i'm looking forward to taking the weekend off nice awesome i feel so lame but i'm a grandmother and i'm drinking my tea 
organic green tea with a little organic honey and the affirmation, I think it was really fitting, especially with what's going on in the world today. It says, may this day be the day to lead us to peace, to happiness and to joy. Very appropriate for the times. Yeah, we could all use more of that. Yeah. Well, I lost the nose game and the today's topic, Nick, why don't you <laughs> tell us? No, like, tell us, what's the topic? Yeah, yeah, no, sure thing. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I've been thinking a lot about disruptions over the last couple months uh, and uh, their impact on, uh, you know, us as people, uh, as an industry at every level. Um, I, you know, it's, it's definitely my belief that I think that we're, we're going to be in a period of time after probably looking back at a time that will probably seem like really calm in comparison. Uh, I project a, a lots of periods of uh, disruptions coming down. Uh, and I think, you know, uh, for a lot of reasons, uh, and I think most of them good, um, you know, once we're on the other side of it, uh, disruption is another, you know, way that is a path to change. Um, so, you know, a positive change is good. I mean, it, 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 there's there's certainly growing pains uh, culturally uh, with with change. Um, for sure. And, uh, you know, we, we, we have to grow and learn just like we have with COVID of, you know, ways that we can kind of reset ourselves and, and think about what we do differently. And uh, I think that there's there's going to be a lot of uh, political uh, unrest moving forward um, globally. And I think that is due to globalization. Uh, and I think it's due to um, the speed of uh, technological communication that allows uh, voices that have been uh, drowned out historically to uh, gain some ground and momentum and uh, community uh, and, and power um, in, in groups that historically have not had the opportunity to uh, have a voice and have power. So uh, ultimately, I think, you know, uh, there's there's. Uh, some things that we're going to, just like in COVID, you know, we're going to have to go through some pain, right? Um, you know, there's going to be, uh, you know, hurt uh, in all levels, certainly. Um, and, but at the end of this, I really hope that we, uh, as a people, are ready to, you know, grow and learn from this uh, and different types of civil uh, and otherwise, uh, you know, um, change. Um, and uh, I think as people who plan and design gatherings, you know, like we're in a unique position to bring people together, you know, like that's kind of the highest calling of what we do is to, um, you know, put people together. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, organizations and things out there that are really wired, especially the, honestly, in the same way that technology has been used to bring, uh, groups of people who haven't had power together. That's been also used, uh, to tear people apart. Uh, I think that event professionals through intentional design are, are, are definitely um, our calling is to is to bring people together for um, for behavioral change. Uh, and I think that if we're doing our jobs well, it's to, it's positive behavioral change. So um, I think an awareness of a political climate is kind of the understanding of the setting of a story that we're telling uh, it. You know, it's one of many things. And I think of the idea that like uh, for the last, you know, I don't know how long, you know, when there's been polls of the things that are the most disruptive to a live event professionals planning process uh, globally, when those polls have come out over the last like 15, 20 years that I've seen things like that, it's literally been the weather. The weather was the number one thing. And, you know, that and that's that's still a real thing with what we do. I just think that, like, I, I want to hear about how we can prepare for uh, the political climate change uh, in, in around where we plan our events. 
So do you think that, you know, certain parts of the world, their politics limits them from being a destination? Yes. Right. So there's there, there's a lot of places in the world that will will never build a, a tier one convention center because it's just they'll they'll never feel it because their their politics keeps them from being that type of travel destination or their Do resources. You, think, you know, it could or just their, be or the resources, of course. Yeah. But they're just not they're not an attractive destination to go to because their you know, their their politics don't lend to the type of place that uh, a corporation or an association puts 10,000 people on the ground in. Do you do you think that there's ever a risk of the United States specifically um, running into that where they are no longer seen as this this amazing destination for travel conference and uh, business travel? Is that is that the road that you think the U.S. may start to go down? It's a risk. I mean, uh, for sure. I mean, I it, I think it's a. It's, it's a part of the conversation that I would be having if I was considering the U.S. as a destination, specifically if I was outside of the U.S. I would I would put up on the board of, of the pros and cons, you know, the uh, uh, global um, busybodiness of, of the United States. I would I would look at it as a um, a hot spot for a lot of. Uh, turmoil that comes up pretty quickly um, and on a dime and the unpredictability of it and its mm-hmm. leadership leadership uh, when it, when the leadership regime change uh, happens in the United States there is huge swings to um, the attractiveness of it I think as a destination um, based on policies and and placating to certain uh, you know uh, bases so um, I think I think it would be, you know, it makes a lot of sense to consider those things. I think that if people want to do business with Americans, uh, I think that uh, they'll come to America. And I think that's what has, um, you know, overcome that pretty, you know, and I want to say easily, but but in, in ways that it's still the, the number one destination for, uh, you know, significant global uh, gatherings. Um so, I mean, uh, the, ec- the economics of uh, a powerhouse uh, that, that the United States has uh, been able to be uh, for quite some time based on its resources, um, and uh, I think a lot of it is due to its um, isolation uh, geographically, um, mm-hmm. I, I think those things have really um, um, given it an unfair advantage, so to speak, uh, that has overcome that, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, I, if I'm if I'm a European organization and I'm 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 considering uh, moving my event around from country to country, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, objectively, I'm thinking unless the the amount of benefit of uh, of American attendees, uh, you know, is is significant to it. If it's not, I, I don't know if I go there. You know, I right now, right? I mean, I hate to say that, right? But like, it just seems maybe that's alarmist. And maybe I'm like, you know, um, whatever uh, what it means about my I'm a pragmatist, first and foremost. Um, if I was that different person, I would say, you know, do what's the risk reward? There's a lot of risk. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's good that you're thinking that's what every, you know, like event planner is thinking. They're looking at all the different facets and all the different reasonings, you know, SWOT analysis and things. One thing I love that we're talking about 
politics because when we were first kind of going over the topics i was thinking of examples of like no it doesn't really affect the way i design like events but then i'll think about it and i'll say well oh we can't use that golf course because of x y and z or we um hey the president's in town so that's going to mess up our route for all the motor coaches going to the event that evening so we have to reroute and you know i think about things like that and even me personally as a traveler going out of state and you know for representing the u.s there's a lot of opinions and a lot of conversations that people want to start with me. And I definitely think the way that we've handled certain situations and who's, you know, leading during the last, you know, decades and everything, it really affects our business in and choosing that right destination. I think there's so many cities in the U.S. that it doesn't, you know, it all has different um, energy and different uh it's so vast in in the culture, even though it's like um, the United States, LA is way different than New York, you know, way different than Miami, Chicago, all our big San Fran. But yeah, what do you, what do you think over there in Canada, Dustin, with all this? With all of America or with all of politics? (laughs) I also want to say I wear, I wear a blue Jays hat when I uh, travel outside (laughs) of the country. Uh, The uh, alternate cap with the, uh, uh, the maple leaf on it, uh, just in case Good. they don't know. I literally, I don't want to be the representative of the United States from random people. So uh, I, I, maybe that makes me not uh, patriotic or whatever. Um, but uh, I no, uh, that's actually a tip that I, I say I sorry get. and a, and I get by. Uh, but isn't that so do. sad? I've gotten that advice too because it's like a safety concern. Yeah. Well. A lot of Canadians wear American T-shirts all the time. So in Canada, I think, in Canada, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, I think that I think that we, you know, we continue to be your your friendly neighbors from the north. And you know, it, it's it is interesting when we talk about about politics and maybe taking away from events a little bit. Um, Canada has its issues too. Canada has, you know, we've got a, we've got a political system that is, you know, that, that goes back and forth between conservative and liberal. Um, we have our own challenges in, in, in a lot of things and, and yeah, we're, we're progressive in a lot of ways, but, but it's not perfect. None of it is perfect. You know, there's, you know, the thing that I hear the most, especially from Americans is like, is like, well, you're so lucky to have all this free healthcare. And it's like, yeah, but we pay some of the highest income taxes in in the in the first world so i i don't think that's necessarily true i think i think the difference is that you have a choice in what you do with it and we do not it's 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 mandatory so i don't i don't know i mean you know i i make a point not to sit up here and and pass judgment it's not you know it's it's not my country it's not my politics i i don't i don't agree with a lot of it and i think that American politics can sometimes be a little bit more slow moving and all politics are very slow moving, but I do find that in the U S it moves really slow and it takes a long time for the people's voice to be heard. And I think that that is something that's a little bit different in Canada where, where our voices get heard and you get action faster. And by faster, I mean, you know, it only takes 10 years to make a change, not a hundred. Um, 
so so yeah so i i mean i i most certainly don't sit in canada and shit on my american neighbors for for their politics or their religious views or their guns or their health care or their anything that they're doing because that's not that that's not that's not my place to be i mean ultimately it's uh it you know it's you, you can't really do much about it in the position that you're in other than enjoy the uh entertainment because we we certainly oh. you know provide entertaining politics if nothing else, uh, you know, if you can embrace some uh, my my kind of ideology du jour, which is uh, uh, one based on absurdism, uh, it's it's the place to be, um, you know, for that. Uh, but yeah, I think that the slow movingness that you talk about is because of the the vast corporate interests that we have, who mm-hmm. are um, you know they 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 gained power within a specific set of circumstances for their system. Uh, so it behooves them to maintain and protect the system, whatever the system may be. Um, they're not necessarily looking for disruption. You know, even let's say the events industry, um, this isn't necessarily like a social change thing, but like, um, you know, we're, we're, we weren't ready. We weren't for disruption. We didn't want disruption. It wasn't in our interest uh, to have disruption. Therefore, we weren't prepared for it. Um, and just disruption in general is, me- is a messy business, um, it, it, even when necessary. Uh, so, uh, if you compound that with power, um, and we have a lot of it, you know, we have a lot of it again, I, I attribute the American greatness, not to any kind of, uh, you know, smartness or divinity. It's simply just isolationism, uh, uh, cu- coupled with resources, you know, like we're just, a we're just to have a, you know, it's like. We, we can sell, we can produce most of the stuff we need. We can export a ton of stuff. We spent a hundred years, you know, completely walled off from the rest of the world. We gained ahead. Uh, we adopted, uh, and then we, you know, off the backs of free labor and then in, uh, industrial revolution, we were able to push, uh, further than, you know, other people doing this, you know, you could argue the same thing or, you know, whatever else, but like we, we, we just made it, you know, much more of an industry. Uh, and then we, you know, like any uh, good colonial, uh, we shipped it out and, uh, you know, entrenched ourselves, uh, in, in a way that was actually stronger than the ways that were done prior to that, which is not the true colonialism, but cultural colonialism grabbed a hook and, you know, we've been, you know, riding that for a while. Uh, and I think that when you see the things that are breaking down now, it's because the, the traditional, uh, statehoods and things like that of where the power is like, those aren't as meaningful anymore. You know, it's, it's, it's movements, it's, it's groups, it's ideas, uh, because they travel faster and they can gain momentum. And I think that that is due in large to the, uh, the internet, uh, I think, you know, has, has been the backbone of a lot of revolutions and a lot of disruption. I mean, even from an Uber to taxis disruption, you know, that's the internet. Um, so I think that like it, this is, that's why I think it's going to be a, you know, a messy bit of time, uh, you know, for the foreseeable future. Um, and I think that we people have to have a heightened awareness of the political climate that they're going to be in uh, when they're engaged in uh, intentionally designed experiences in order to um, not, you know, to basically fulfill the mission of um, your organization and your your uh, stakeholders uh, and provide the designed experience that you intended for your attendees. Um, and again, if you were in... Um, let's say, um, you know, Cleveland in January, you're, you're not going to have a, uh, you know, an outside wedding. Um, and in, you know, let's say, 
uh, I don't know, I don't want to get too specific with civil unrest, but like if you were to be, you know, in a, a hot spot, you know, of, of where there are, you know, specific new laws coming into play, uh, that, or, or, uh, you know, a sweeping set of uh, changes to laws in other places that are there. There's one place that's, that's holding out, um, know that that could have as much or more damage to your event and the experience than the rain could. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there were some, you mentioned some great examples in the past of organizations who have shifted away from a city because of their politics. Um, I think most notable, was it the NBA? Yeah, the NBA All-Star Game in Charlotte uh, three or four years ago. And I remember lamenting um, that decision, not because I didn't believe in it, because I, I actually do. Uh, I, or I should say I do believe in some sort of statement being made against uh, where things were going with that, because I think it's an absurd uh, law. Uh, that's maybe just, just maybe just remind everybody what. The, yeah, it was, in, it your was, best, in your best words, you're not an expert on it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, but, I'm definitely <laughs> not an expert in it. And I don't want to like miss, you know, so sure. whatever. Uh, just I, I admit to being an ignorant person. And, you know, and if anyone else has <laughs> more information than me than they're right and uh it, it supersedes this but uh essentially there was uh, uh, a rigid uh gender definitions as to uh by the state as to who can use what bathroom and and uh who could not uh and some sort of police style action as far as policing who can do that versus uh leaving that up to uh, people and their own identity uh, to make that decision themselves uh, so, um, that law came to be and the NBA, uh, you know, looked at their mission and their, their, you know, their people and, uh, and what they believed in. And they said, we don't believe in this and we don't want to, uh, basically have an economic boom to a location, uh, who, uh, does this kind of things because it sends a message, uh, and the message was received, uh, you know, there, there was changes after that. Uh, so ultimately, it, it's a it's a worthwhile uh, type of uh, maneuver uh, for an organization to make these kind of things, you know, potentially. Um, and uh, because of that, they went to a different city uh, and they already had plans to do it. And there was, you know, you know, money spent and and I'm, I'm sure an absurd amount of logistics. And I don't know if you've ever been in a city that has had that type of sporting event uh not that necessarily has to be a sporting event political events i've been into uh rnc as well there all is all of these ancillary events that take place all over the city for you know as much as a week and it's it's a it's a lot i mean mm -hmm. uh everyone's a capacity and, and everyone does well so i remember lamenting online at the time going you know uh, while I, I understand why they're doing this and it makes a lot of sense it's just a shame that the events industry is the one that uh gets hurt you know, because that's my allegiance is to the industry. Right. So I'm like, you know, I wish I wish that you know, we could attack the pocketbooks of the lawmakers versus, you know, the the catering staff. Yeah, or, totally. You know, it's it is it is really interesting, and it definitely points to how how events can change a place and how events can affect politics. And and if you don't if you don't agree with the politics of the place that you're going, and it doesn't align with your values and your your vision and your mission, you can you can make a change, and and sometimes those changes are what cause lawmakers to listen up, and what causes a community to say this is this is not acceptable. Um, and I think I think that there is something really powerful in that. I'm 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 a bit with you too, Nick. Where it's like there there was a lot of people that ended up in you know collateral damage along the way from decisions like that, which are really hard. That is a really hard decision to make. 
Um, but the outcome for for that that state is was probably a good was, one. And it, they heard. I mean, it was a message that was delivered and received. Uh, and in honestly, in politics, when people talk about riots and things like that, those are messages. And right. and you have to rise above the noise in order to be heard. Um, and uh, civility doesn't necessarily ring in people's ears very well, right? So, uh, however you define that, like there's there's no if it wasn't messy, you know, uh, then um, you know uh, big changes don't happen. Um, but I mean, I, I've always been a two heads of this because I always think that there's I, I've I've tried to in my life at least figure out ways because I've been parts of uh, our conversations around planning disruptions, especially around like tech and things like that with uh, advising people and knowing that like certain p industries and types of industries would be impacted over time, potentially. I've always thought that there's there's got to be a way to design a kinder disruption. Uh, and again, I'm saying this as like a, you know, not this doesn't work for everything, uh, for sure. And uh, also with a, a fair amount of like, you know, uh, the, I don't know, privilege of some sort to say that like, you should just, you know, make everything kind. I'm not saying that, but I am saying that like, if you can use your, your mind to be disruptive in a way that, um, that, that gets the change that you want, uh, and hurts the least amount of people, like that's the one I'm, I usually go for. Um, right. and I think that like, there is a case to be made for going into a, an area uh, that is not um, politically aligned, you know, like uh, with you and realizing that like not every human being in that city is against you or your values. You know, like there's there's likely if it's a big issue, there's likely a, you know, 49 uh, percent of them or something like that that are, you know, right. on. So go there, raise them up, empower them, give them a platform, you know, give them money. Um, there, there's a case to be made for that maybe. Right. right? So I, I think that it, it really just comes down to, um, talking it out, I guess. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm hearing that there's, you know, there's a huge opportunity for our industry to, um, support communities in, in what it is that they're trying to achieve. And especially in areas where lawmakers and politicians are not listening um you know the best way to the the best way to get to some of those people sometimes is through business decisions and if you're if you're working on a program or you you're consistently doing a program in a place that that doesn't meet your you know the the organization's values then then why not use your use that that spending power for good and why not use use that to make a change um cuz i do think that when as events professionals when we roll up into somebody's community that comes with a responsibility and i think that yes. um that 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 why not why 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 shouldn't we have a bigger a bigger seat at the table but you know i i also want to focus on something else you said nick where you know it's especially in america it seems to be this 50 50 split and just because your values as an organization is such it doesn't mean that everybody your all of your stakeholders all of your employees all of your clients all of your guests are 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 think the same way i tend to think that event professionals in general lean a little bit more to the left or are a little bit more liberal and that's you know and that that may be just based on there's nothing scientific here folks this is based no, on yeah i agree with that this, this is based on i think just you know and it and maybe it is just my network but i just think in general by nature of 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 what we do in our businesses that that there's it, it is a little bit more left-leaning so you got to be really careful that you're not you know injecting your feelings and your you know your stuff onto another community or onto your 
onto your guests and stakeholders that that maybe it doesn't align. I I think there's sometimes where um, there there's a neutral proposition with your organization too, uh, and uh, a, a decision uh, one way or the other um, is a uh, has a has the potential to be a distraction. Um, and I think that it's not necessarily like you're just empowering one group or taking away from another group, but also I think that sometimes it just doesn't have anything to do with your mission. Like you, totally. that's not the battle you fight, right? Totally. So, like if you're a bunch of like quilt makers and it's the quilt maker association, uh, and you know, you're looking at, uh, venues and, and the Trump hotel is one of them. Um, I could argue that, you know, they could look at their politics and unless they're like, Part of their mission is, and I don't know anything about the Quilt Association because uh, first <laughs> off, they can call, it, it, be calling it, it must exist, by the way. Like, I, it must I exist. I got my membership Shout card out. right here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where's my quilt people? Um, my random one. Yeah, right? Uh, that kind of sounds fun. Uh, so uh, I could see them, like, you know, like, I. I I'm just guessing I could be wrong that like part of their mission isn't to make a, you know, uh, to sway politics one way or the other or have a partisan. Right. So uh, but at the same time, like you look at a lot of different venues and that venue has baggage. Right. Like it just does to the good and the bad of it. I'm sure there's a disproportionate amount of right wing events that take place at Trump properties. Right. I, I, I you know, and for them, it it's super on mission, and you know, it, it's part of what they're trying to do is to back that president and back that regime, uh, or however you want to say that. Um, so I get it, right? But like, if you're, mm-hmm. or, or if it's like the you know the Democratic Socialist Convention, they're probably not going to pick a Trump property, right? right. Um, uh, but in the middle, the quilt people could be like, look, I just don't want to get involved because like, this is, yeah. this isn't our specific battle, right? There's right. a million battles. And I think that like, yeah. that's the thing in, especially when you get into like, uh, like, uh, smaller and smaller communities, the infighting and like the, the specifics that most people aren't even aware of, like when you get deeper into things. Uh, and then that's where I come to the agreement, like everything's political. Like if you're really into something like there is a politicalness, right. not necessarily like partisan or party, but like there's a politicalness of like uh, you went with this keynote speaker and like that's because like they're friends with Nancy or, you know, like there, there's a like even the boards of things like there's well, that's all those people on the board. And then right. So there, there's a level of politicalness that is inherent to human beings and gatherings. Um mm-hmm. So it's just part of what we do. We just, I think, we don't really identify it necessarily on the uh, the macro scale often, um, but like we, we, I'm sure we look at it in our business lives all the time. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, like Tui, when you've worked on events, um, like in uh, let's say like Vegas versus LA, uh, is there a um, like how like where you would look at spending money, let's say in in a uh, a way that benefits the community that would be a little bit different from one versus the other? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first off, Nancy is like horrible. So <laughs> <laughs> she's the worst. <laughs> but we, we've talked about this. She's so hypothetical. Talked- <laughs> oh, uh, Sorry. Like, don't you have a, like a high ranking politician named Nancy? You should be careful. You probably oh, know um... more than we do. Yeah. <laughs> no, We're not I love- talking Nancy Pelosi, I'm assuming. Hypothetical. <laughs> Nancy hypothetical. Right. Okay. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. I think there's, sorry, you can, I don't know if you hear the helicopters coming around here in LA, but there is, oh. <laughs> we talk about this. It's a sense of, um, like loyalty It's a sense of belonging when we're designing, uh, we are trying to enhance other companies, brands, other 
you know, missions. That's why we make those decisions, whether it's, you know, political parties or loyalty here, here in LA, it's like go in and out, like always in and out, everything else, same thing, sports team. That's why there's that, that, um, fight, but going from community to community, there's, I'm trying to think if there's like a, like an SF, like I noticed as an example, like homelessness, like when events come to San Francisco, um, they end up having some kind of CSR activity or something to benefit that, which is a very visible plight of that city as an example. Yeah, actually, I was going to say L.A. We are. I mean, just as much, right? I mean, yeah, absolutely. In L.A. In Vegas, I'm trying to think of. Is it hospitality think, industry people, you know, like, is it, is yeah. it like giving back to the, you know, the, the, the industry workers, you know, like there's a, there's a thing, right. Of like how you, um, how you behave in a city and how you benefit that city and like what side you pick maybe, or I don't know. It says something though. Like you shouldn't just go into a city, use a city, throw away a city. You right. should, you should Come do in hand, That's why there's better so than many you left found it. Exactly. That's like a question I get all the time having to be that local expert is what local organization, what brands, what we want to do gift gift bags, but we want it to be locally sourced. You know, those kind of things are really important. That's why you, anywhere you go in a major destination, even with us as an attendee, we want to go and see the highlights. We want to go and see the, what makes that city, that city. Yeah, but like the, resp- the there's also probably a politically savvy um, way to do that that is um, maybe like a, the better version of that, not just the landmarks, but understanding the identity of the city. Like I, I know that like as an example, uh, PCMA convening leaders um, at, when it was in Pittsburgh, the the, the next one was going uh, the next event I think which was Educon was going to be in San Francisco, so they had this uh, VR activation. Um, where you uh it was like an empathetic did you do it yeah i uh, i I stood next to somebody that was doing it i did it it's secondhand experience but it looked really great it's interesting yeah i was like i mean it it, like you know it it was cool and and like the main thing it really brought to my attention was as far as a storytelling technology you know an aid to an aid to storytelling um, I was like, man, VR does uh, engages more senses uh, in order to activate empathy uh, because it's first mm-hmm. person, right? So, like, yeah. uh, from a lens perspective, you know, my my answer for te- or question for technology always is, is like, why? You know, like, why do we need the VR? You know, uh, in that instance, I was like, well, the first it, most of the time, I'm the, it, once I ask that question, the answer is we don't need it, um, right? But in this like instance, a blue arch. Like, and if you follow right. this podcast, you know yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Been so demeaning of VR. I'm about to get really into VR with a company too. So um oh it's God. funny. I'm I know. Disappointed in you. I know. I, I frame I frame my opinion of VR around you. So if you change, you gotta let me know. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I I it's an under hit a uh, a potential, let's say. Um I've been disillusioned. Um, but I, I still believe the potential's there. But but what I really enjoyed about the this instance was the idea of the first person created a, a greater sense of empathy. So from a storytelling device, I was like I was the one making a decision and it was, you know, choose your own adventure. Uh but in the end it was the idea of, okay, well, we're here now, but let's get you ready for um, not only like, you know, like, hey, go to San Francisco, see the bridge. 
It was like, see the homelessness. Now, that sounds a little like weird, but the reality is it was like, we want to do this in a holistic way. We want to do this in a human way. And for that audience, for people who produce experiences, design experiences to bring people together, uh, I thought it was the right message. The CVB um, uh, put on a session. Uh, I, I know that like uh, one woman I wor worked with a bunch of times, Donna Kastner, uh, was the uh, MC, and uh, David Peckinpah was there as uh, from Merits, as was the the head of the CVB for San Francisco, and they talked about uh, both homelessness and uh, human trafficking. Uh, again, in anticipation of attending an, an experience in that city, so mm -hmm. I thought it was very progressive. Uh, and also um, 360 degree kind of view of a city uh, uh, as opposed to like those rah-rah videos that CVBs produce of like, you know, a million people come here every year and we've got, you know, 4,000 properties and, you know, just the, just the hits, right? It was, this was also like, this is a real place, you know, uh, we think you should have your event here. We, we can, we can do it all. We can make it great. And you can make a difference positively in our community. And I was like, you know, what a great call to action to uh, professionals to say, be aware of the political climate that you're going to have your event in, uh, and then maybe design a way that that, does, that gets the goals that you're going to do, and also leaves the, the the place that you're at better than you found it. I, I was like I that. that. Yeah. Yeah. It Take should be paper. a design should, principle, you know. We should do a call to action for our listeners. I mean, the call to action would be good. Yeah. Yeah. The call to action is when you, when you have a planning meeting, like that's what you have to satisfy, right? Like you're going to satisfy, okay, does this make all the stakeholders money, you know, happy, et cetera, place people in a good way, generate leads. Does it leave uh, the place that you were at better than you found it? You know? And I think too, I think we've been talking a lot about going into a city and this same rule applies to the city you're in. So if you're planning within your own city, there's a great opportunity to, to use the same use this same philosophy as to, you know, how can you make your city better than the, than it was the morning you went into that convention center, went into that meeting. Um, and it, and it all still applies. And, and this, I, I think that this is a, a shift in a movement that we are going to see become very, very important. And as we continue to, um, put a new line of sight on the value of events and the value of in-person, this is going to be one of the things that comes up to the top as to how events can change the world, how it can make a difference. Yeah. yeah I mean, and, and that's something that virtual events probably won't have as much of a, uh, a grip on, right. Potentially. I mean, totally. I, you, you really woke me up with that because like, I'm so in my own bucket of uh, most of the events I put on are, are events that take place in different cities. Uh, I, I would, I would maybe, if I could go back, I would change every time I said city to community and consider that when you're, mm, when that's you're good. When, yeah, like, so like if I was doing uh, an event for, uh, like trans youth, I would, I would potentially have something about suicide rates because that, you know, mm -hmm. in that, in that world, it's, it's disproportionately high. So I would figure out a way to leave that better and empower people in that way too, as an example, right? Like uh, looking at the community and say, what does this community need, uh, that we can add to it that again, you know, aids it, uh, holistically long-term, 
uh, or if you're engaging, uh, you know, a community that is base uh, that is um, maybe not as extreme as far as the needs there, but like is just, um, you know, uh, not as connected. I mean, there's so many possibilities, but I think we need to look at what we do as uh, people who, uh, again, more than a live event professionals that 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 in a world of disruption and political uh, change, uh, we're the people that bring people together. Um, so we need to figure out how we can, um, make that always be a positive change. That's awesome. I think that is a like beautiful place to start our wrap up. You guys uh, ready to wrap up? You got more to say? Nope. Finger on nose. I'm uh, not it. Oh, two. Oh, oh, I'll do, I'll do it. I'll do I'm that. actually saying what we do now. <laughs> right. Everyone's going to know our little behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh, just one thing on that is I like. I just had my little like epiphany is that we were talking earlier or in past podcasts about changing the lingo from social distancing to physical distancing. And that's something, Nick, like I love that. And so we're saying city, say community. And like, it also reminds me and stuff for, you know, uh, catering to a demographic, catered to a persona, that brand. And, you know, cause everyone is, is different, even whatever country that you are in going back to the political round mm -hmm. so that's your call to action everyone please email us at eventbrew at helloendless.com and of course you can hashtag uh, eventbrew or you know just at one of us and we'll we'll get those conversations going again and and engaging and of course i mean the intro outro guy is gonna explain like all the other stuff so have you met that guy he's awesome no, you have, you have not met him. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know who he, he is. Doesn't, he, he doesn't sound Canadian. Uh, well, thank you so much, Nick. Thank you, Dustin. No soup for you, Will, for not being on today. And until next time, bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to Event Group. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventbrew.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. See you next time on Event Brew.